It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Uh, we just had another guest, West Central Illinois, join us, um, and that would be Walt. So that's good. So, Walt, uh, we're glad that you were able to uh, call in tonight. That's uh, it's a good thing. We've got a good group here tonight. I didn't know if uh, this topic was going to scare everybody off or not, because... <laughs> When you start talking about the poor and the fatherless and the widows, um, now Walt says he's number six. Okay, um, so West Central Illinois, I don't know who you are. So if Linda you wanted... Freeman. Okay, that's Freeman. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, you can li- put you in listen mode. And I want to welcome you to the call tonight because Michael Smith said you wanted to join us, and I hope you'll find this really interesting. Uh, I've got a good group tonight. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this topic of the poor, the fatherless, and the widows, uh, and also disabled because I happen to have a son who is disabled for the last 20 years, and and that's been probably one of the most interesting challenges that has presented itself to me in my life uh and um and not just interesting but also heart-rendering at times um i fa- i did a a little word study on the poor and the fatherless and the widows on my little software program and i was absolutely astounded there's 9 pages 250 instances of some um, reference to this subject of orphans or fatherless or, or widows and, and this this whole subject. Now, like I said earlier, a lot of times when we start talking about these social issues, um, you know, coming from a social work background, I've often been uh, uh, accused of, you know, oh, you're just touting a social gospel, you know. <laughs> And I will be the first to say that just because I'm an advocate to reaching out to the poor, the fatherless, and the widows, and the disabled, uh, that has nothing to do with our eternal salvation. I want to make that eminently clear. Christ is the one who paid the sins of all the elect with his blood. And he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be conformed to the image of his son. Now, that being said, I believe that how we respond to these people who are down and out and destitute and so on um, is not just always just giving them a handout. I'm not advocating that either. But how we respond to them is evidence that we are conformed to the image of his son. So. I'm going to throw this open. Uh, I'm going to start with Chris and let him talk about this subject. And I have two questions as a starting question for everybody. The first question would be, uh, who are the fatherless, the widows, and the orphans, and the disabled? Who are they? 
Because I've heard different definitions of that. Okay. And then the second question is, as followers of Christ, uh, what should be our response to this group of people? Go ahead, Chris. Well, as you know, there are two types of poor. There's poor in spirit. Those are poor. You can have all the money in the world, and if you're devoid of Christ, you're you're the biggest pauper the earth ever produced. And then again, there's the physically poor, and that, those are the ones we look upon most because they're they're on every street corner with a cardboard sign. So we've got to be discerning, and if we're going to help them, and we do attempt to help them, uh, we want to make sure we can deliver the the gospel, the true gospel, with them. Uh, I, I like to, if I find somebody, you know, with a sign, or I'll say, are you hungry? And they, if they say yes, I say, well, let's go over here and have some lunch. And, you know, but I just won't give money to someone and then go and move on because they may drink it. They may drink the money, you know. So you've got to be discerning. But my favorite verse is, uh, is well, in, in Matt. 26.11, Jesus said, uh, uh, the poor you'll always have with you, but me you'll not always have with you. So, you know, physically. But in James 2.5, this is my favorite verse in regard to the poor. It talks about, this is so right on target, and man has a propensity to favor the rich. Uh, un, unwittingly, really, rarely to their own advantage, do they get anything. I'm not saying you approach anybody with an ulterior motive, but uh, but uh, in James uh, two five, uh, hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which He hath promised to them that love Him. If he eyes the poor, do not, this is the, the, the clincher, do not rich men oppress you, draw you judgment do they not blaspheme that name worthy by which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, which I shall love the neighbor as thyself, well, but if ye have respect persons, i.e. rich, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Well, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. Now, um, so, in other words, um, discernment, that's what I heard, discernment. And I guess my other question, which was really, it was an inference of the first question, and that is, um, should we treat the fatherless, the poor, the fathers and widows who are confessing Christians who are uh, members of God's family, God's elect, or appear to be, should we treat them different than just the poor and the fathers and the widows out in the street? I think so. You see, uh, I, I I have no, virtually no physical family, but I have all my brethren here and other brethren, and they constitute my family. They are closer to me, and ultimately, in eternity, we'll all be together with the Lord. 
I'm sure we all have family members that are so far from the Lord. We don't even want to, you know, we've, we've tried. And after the first or second admonition, we'll reject them because they, they'll, they'll either attempt to push our war buttons in, in regard to the world or, or just create a, create a, a controversy rather than uh, uh, dealing with uh, someone, uh, our own brethren in Christ, I feel they're, they are, uh, I put them on a higher level than, uh, uh, than blood relations that are not in Christ. Now, the ultimate would be to have a, 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 a blood relation that is in Christ. So you've got a double blessing here. Right, but that's right. pretty rare, you know. I, we can all attest to having family members that that really just hate the Lord and don't want to hear it from from us, uh, a, a, another a family member. Yeah, well, uh, Kevin, now um, you, you heard the question, and I want to read a passage here before we have Kevin um, um, uh, answer the question. Isaiah, the 10th chapter, 1st and 2nd verse. Um, Woe unto them that decree unrighteous decrees, and that write grievousness, which they have prescribed, to turn aside the needy from judgment, and to take away the right from the poor of my people, that widows may be their prey, and that they may rob the fatherless. And what will you do in the day of visitation and the desolation which shall come from far to whom will you flee for help? And where will you leave your glory? Um, Kevin, what? how would you address this subject uh, as far as how we would should address the poor, the fatherless, the widow, and also the disabled, the person? I think of a Ephibosheth often when I think mm-hmm. of disabled people. But uh, go ahead, Kevin. Yeah. Well, I, I liked what Chris said. He, he covered it pretty well in the spiritual and the practical aspect of it. I wondered how we would look at this when I saw the subject for tonight. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So the um, so the poor and let's say the poor, and and like Chris said, blessed are the poor in spirit. I think of right. in Revelation where it said, "You are poor, blind, and naked," uh, to the church of Laodicea. And yes. that they were naked, naked in the sense they were not clothed in the righteousness of Christ, and they were poor, uh, being destitute of the uh, faith in, in the gospel. So I could see a spiritual aspect to this and, and also the practical. Um, so for the unregenerate, they are without a father because God is their judge and not their father until they're, uh, or unless they're adopted. So they're, they're fatherless. The disabled, um, our sin impairs us and makes us a cripple in our service to Christ. So we're disabled in that sense. The, um, the question put to Chris about should we look at these people in the church as being different from those outside, I would say most definitely, yes. And because we love them and we bear their burdens and we we undertake for them. and um, To those outside, we are to give the gospel to and 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 relieve them as much as we're able. It says do good to all men, but especially to those of the household of faith. Good point. 
Good point. That's a good verse to substantiate what you both have said. Now, um, before Ed is, before you answer the question, I want to read a couple verses. Um, in Jeremiah, I'm sorry, well, let's first, uh, I think, James 127, Chris alluded to a passage in James, but pure religion and undefiled before God, I'm reading in James 127, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Uh, Ed, you want to kind of take this uh, take this on? <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I uh, uh, this is a, a really interesting topic, and the the two issues you raised are actually very closely related. That is how we treat those uh, who are Christians, uh, right. that is in the church, and how we treat those that are outside the church, and then how that relates to the poor and the widows and the orphans. Uh, that's a very interesting concept, but I um, I find my guidance if I, if I look at what uh, Jesus says, uh, he says, "But unto you, uh, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that which despitefully use you and persecute you." So, and that's in uh, Matthew uh, 5:44. Now. Uh, so I don't see and, and see this idea of love is not a warm fuzzy feeling. It has right. nothing to do with feeling. It has to do with how you act. And so right. actually Luke, Luke elaborates that even further. Okay, uh, Jesus also says, uh, bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Okay, And he says, but I say unto you which hear, uh, and I'm going back a, a verse earlier, love your enemies, do good to them that hate you. Okay, so, and he says, give every man that, and now this is interesting. He said, and unto them that smiteth thee on one cheek, offer them also the other, and him that taketh away thy cloak, for bid him not take the coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask him not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to those which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do the same. And if ye lend to them which ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. So he's the model for how we should treat the world, and uh, the way I read this, we should uh, treat the world uh, uh, as best we can, and we should treat them the way we'd want to be treated, which is no different from how we would treat those in the church. Well, you know, that is a really um, something to think about, and it's something that uh, the, the way you have just presented it, we often are not presented that side of the coin. Now, when you were talking, I was thinking about Christ when he talked about, you know, laying down his life for a friend. You know, there might be some that would lay down the life for a friend, but Christ laid down his life for those that were not his friends. And um, 
While they were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The other thing is that when you're talking about loving your enemies um, and and you know turning the other cheek and all of that, uh, that is something that that goes totally against our flesh. Uh, in our flesh dwelleth no good thing, and that definitely goes against our flesh. Someone comes up and strikes you on the face, you're not. You said, "Oh, go ahead, make my day," you know. Uh, but but you know what? It's exactly right. It's what is taught. It's what is conveyed in the Bible, and you've just read that. Now, uh, I was also thinking about uh, the aspect of how that the Pharisees constantly accused you know who Christ associated with they called him a wine bibber they called him a glutton he uh ate and drank with publicans and sinners and he said i didn't come to call the righteous but the sinners to repentance he said the righteous need not a physician you know and so there is this element i think uh and i and i i i I don't understand the total balance of it, but there does seem to be an element of, you know, if you're not us, you're not one of us. In other words, we're gonna we're gonna take care of our little club here, and if anybody comes in that isn't one of our is not a member of the church, or you know, hasn't uh, given their their love offerings, their tithes of their love offerings. Then you know we're going to put them on it. We're going to treat them like a second-class citizen, you know. And uh, what I now I want to I want to open this up. Um, let's see, we've got uh, we've got two other we've got two other Californias, and uh, I'm not sure if Central Coast California. I know you you muted your mic. Do you want to? Do you, do you want to have any uh you have any thoughts on this central coast california is is that you mark I guess that's a negative okay now western illinois is okay guess six uh are you call walt are you on the lo- are you on the phone line can you hear me, Larry? <laughs> okay, yes, okay. I'm having a hard time tracking everybody tonight. Well, I know you're you're uh you were going to be out of town there. What do you think about this subject, Walt? Well, <clears throat> I don't know. I I sunk what it relates to me in my life. Uh, you know, I mean, when I went mostly broken-hearted down because of a divorce, I uh, took care of a fellow in a wheelchair for six months, and uh, and a, he had fell off. He had fell when he was 18 years old. He'd fell off of a hay truck, and he was paralyzed from the waist down, you know. And eventually, and about three years, it took about four years later. I was driving hay truck, you know, and uh, uh-huh. so I, it, it, I. I real and I realized too. I, I I guess it wasn't what how much I was helping him. It was it's, it was how much he was helping me. Because uh, I could see his strength. Uh. You know, 
and he said to me one day, because I had to uh, put him to bed, get him up, you know, but he always had a smile on his face. And uh, and he was always appreciative. And he told me one day, I realized that I was in rougher shape than he was, uh, <laughs> spiritually. spiritually. Yeah, right, right. right. In other words, because he told me one day, he said, you know, Walt, you're just going to have to start, you're going to have to start over. He said, I did. And I, you know, I've never forgot that. And then I, then I just, you know, the, the word charity, you know, is in the Bible, uh, 28 times, but that charity, you know, uh, I'm not too sure, you know, but, uh, uh, sometimes I, where is that, you know, it's better to give than to receive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, isn't that in the, that's a Bible, isn't that in the Bible? Yeah, yes, and also we have the whole 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians to talk about if you don't have charity, faith and hope and charity, but, you know, the greatest of these is, is charity or love, you know, and and I think that there's, there is, like Ed was saying, a mandate. I, I was looking in Psalm 82.3, it says, defend the poor and the fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and needy. Um, you know, I was thinking about David. Was wasn't that a Fibbishef? I think it was. It was wounded in his beat or something. And yeah. then what, now, which one was Saul's? I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah that, was, that was Jonathan's son. Jonathan's son. Yeah, that's right. And David, David just uh, just took care of him. Just took him in and fed him and took him into his own household and and I thought that was a I thought that was a a great thing that he did, you know, to to take him in. Zechariah seven ten says, Oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless. The stranger back to Ed's point, the stranger, we're not to oppress the stranger, nor the poor and let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. Um, yeah, I I uh, I realize that I'm a you know I have rental property and uh, I could tell you horror stories about my experiences with some of the tenants and how ungrateful they are. Uh, you know, I've tried to help some of them and. People talk about me, you know. They say, "Oh, Larry's a soft-hearted." You know, he's soft-hearted. He's a, he's an easy take. You know, you can you could take him. You know, and all this. That's all right. But look, I have been there when I have been struggling financially, and my heart goes out. And you know, some of these folks are very irresponsible people. That's why they that's why they're renting. You know, because they don't know how to manage their money and so on. And so now the question that I have, um, and maybe Walt, you can answer this question, and then we'll go back into the loop, back to Chris, and then back to Kevin, and then back to Ed. And anyone that wants to, that's on the line, that would have a comment, feel free to in. But um, Walt, um, how do you deal with folks that are good at manipulating and are Really, you know, it's back to what Ed's saying. If you feel that they're, in other words, if they are just using you, okay, and how do you deal with that situation? Chris alluded to that. In other words, you don't want to be irresponsible and just 
You know, I, and I want to say one other thing, and then I'll shut up. I went to a, and and I want to be careful. While I want to, I went to a, a meeting one time with a group of ministers, and it was the first time I'd been, met these particular ministers. And I don't know if it was a test because they they knew I came from a social work background. I don't know if it was purposeful or if this is just the thing ministers talk about when they get together. But I was appalled for the first 30 minutes, this group of ministers, all they could talk about was all the people that was trying to scam them out of money, okay, and and their techniques. And, you know, here's here's how you – here's what to look out for and stuff like this. Well, how would you address those ministers if you went into a group of, say, seven or eight ministers, and for the first 30 to 45 minutes, all they wanted to talk about is how they'd been scammed and the church had been scammed out of money. <laughs> you can hear me right, Larry? Yes, uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, a child of God, uh, I mean, has. I think we all have something in common you know, I mean, then it's you know, is is the word uh, gullible, you know, and naive, naive. I mean, we've all yeah. been a very, you know, at certain times. I mean, I'm 73 years old, and and um, you know, I, I mean, I, 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 you know, you you do you do gain some discernment as as you know, and but but it's it but it it's Christ who gives it to you though. Right, because right. first of all, you got to be examining your own heart continually. Right. So, I mean, uh, I mean, I seen something the other day in the in the in the laundry mat that just and I, you know, I mean, I, I mean, you know, you know, but you can't, you you have to. I don't want. I'm not going to share it because that's um, you 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 have to be guarding yourself, you know, all the time and 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 and. And be calling on the on calling on, on the Holy Spirit and, and Christ to to uh, to help you. I right. mean, it's it's a because it's a continue it's a continuous battle um, uh, in life, especially the in the, in the age we live in in 2017. I mean, you know, you're, right. you're, and, you're, and, you know, you know I, I was thinking about uh, I'm taking note of the you know of the hundreds of tens. They've rented from me in our properties, and and the ones that have been the most scandalous, and the ones that have been the most manipulative, and the ones that have been the most hateful, and everything else were the ones that were the most in, in need of spiritual help. You know, and so it's how 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 do I how do I respond to that? It, I mean, doesn't it come right down to it? it it's spiritual. Yes, you know. I mean, I mean, you, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, it's you know, it's it's like this too. You know, I, I, I'm kind of pretty. I you know, I try to be self reliant. You know, uh, I mean, I mean, but by the grace of God, I mean, I right, right. You know, I, I I'm I I I still you know I'm I'm able to go to the store, buy food, da 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 da, but. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, in other words. So for me, sometimes I, I, I've I've been helped out of nowhere. 
I mean, I, I could just go, I could, out of all of us, you know, boom. Oh, I'll just tell you one here about a year ago. Uh, one of my customers called me up and said, you want to go, I, I see, would you work for, could, could you work for me? And he, he was making little blocks, you know, it's, we're, we're making little blocks. And uh, within about two months, I made $1,400. And that was, that was uh, you know, in other words, it came out of nowhere. You know, I mean, it, it, even though I did was working, I still, I, I still considered it a, a, a gift, a hand of God. Sure. You know, and in other words, and then when somebody uh, uh, offers you and helps you, 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 now the ball has been thrown in your lap. In other words, in other words, uh, uh, the person that gives you or is trying to help you is is earnestly, you know, feeling that he's trying to help. So, in other words, that's why where it comes. Yeah. You have to be. You have to be. You have to learn how to how to receive too. Right. So you're not gonna, you're not going to you're not you know you know in you know so but. Uh, uh, I don't know what the final question is. What it was. There's well, no, I, I think you. I think you pretty well addressed it. Now I'm going to go back to Chris because, you know, there's a passage in First Timothy five sixteen, and this addresses kind of the thing with the church again. It says, "If any man or woman that believeth hath widows, let them relieve them, and let not the church be charged, that it may relieve them that are widows indeed." So in other words, there's almost an exhortation. Well, there is. There's an exhortation there that if family members have widows, that we're, they're they're supposed to support their own widows uh, before relying on the church to support them if they can. Um, and also, there is um, another passage in in. Uh, three verses up, this is honor widows that are widows indeed. In other words, make sure they're widows. I mean, uh, and then uh, then there's one other thing uh, in, in Psalm 1014. It says, Thou hast seen it, for thou beholdest mischief and spite to requite it with thy hand. The poor committeth himself unto thee. Thou art the helper of the fatherless. So in other words, the what I've gained from that is that sometimes the poor, you know, cry out to us for help or assistance. And we, uh, you know, in other words, there's almost a tenure, and actually in Proverbs, the 14th chapter, the 31st verse says, he that oppresseth the poor reproacheth his maker. In other words, he that oppresseth the poor reproaches his maker. I've often, you know, had conversations with Rosette. She'll say, well, don't you think we should start the process of evicting these people? I mean, they've been in there, you know, they're two months behind, and they're just using us, Larry, and so on. I said, you know, uh, let me have another conversation with them or whatever, you know. But he that oppresseth the poor reproaches his maker, but he that honoreth him hath mercy on the poor. Now, I think we're back to Chris. Chris, uh, what are your, what's your thinking on these things that we're talking about? Well, you know, I, I maybe this maybe I'm off subject a little bit, but I, you know, the, the verse that comes to mind is, well, there's so many verses that come to mind. He, 
he who doesn't take care of the members of his own house is is worse than an infidel. I know, I know you all heard that, but I've been reading about Schofield's early personal life. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, I don't know, for your information, this man had a wife and two daughters, and he left them high and dry and moved on to begin his uh, Satan's uh, work, you know. But, uh, yeah, there's so many instances of uh, of the poor. You know, the Lord does hear the cries of uh, of the afflicted. Why afflict a, a poor person who's done you no harm? Or how can we... We don't go out of our way, I don't think, unless you're a uh, uh, sadist, you know, to try to bother someone that's already down on their luck. But, you know, we're living in a day. Let's bring it up to right now. I mean, it's it's not going to get any better. And we're going to find so many instances where we can help poor people, but we must be discerning in in attempting to do so. Yeah, I think uh, you're right, and I think that uh, you alluded to uh, what Christ said earlier, the poor you always had. It's interesting you bring that up, because I actually used that as a passage. I spoke a little bit up in Joplin to the folks, and they wanted me to share. And I was thinking about, you know, um, that passage where she brought that spike nard, that real expensive spike nard, and they started laying charges against her and saying that money could have been used for the poor and all that. And her motives were not erroneous. Her motives were she wanted to exalt her Lord and Savior. She wanted to... She had been forgiven much, and she wanted to show in some way her honor and and thanksgiving to her savior and i think a lot of times we have wrong motives in 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 looking at other people and say well look what they did that's what those and you know if you look at that passage i took the passage from mark it's in the other gospels but from mark it talks about how that they were the these pharisees were crafty and they were seeking to to figure out a way of killing Jesus. I mean, they were they were trying to come at him. And so, often when someone tries to honor our Lord, uh, their motives are are right. And other people, and I've been as guilty as anyone else, to wrongly uh, try to attribute uh, motives to someone that aren't even there. Her motives were totally pure, and and then they started. They were they were full of vindictiveness because she'd spent this money, you know. And well, I don't know. If and it was, uh, was three hundred pence worth, but I don't think it was everybody. I think it was just Judas because he 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 was a no bag. He no. It was bag. it was also it was it was it was it was uh, not just Judas um, because you can go back to that passage, but. He was he was one of the ones, and he he didn't like that at all, you know, because yeah, he I, he added up that uh, that descent. <laughs> yeah, he did. And you know, in Deuteronomy the fifth chapter, it says, um, 
If there be any among you a poor man of one of the brethren with any of the gates in thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not harden thine heart, nor shut thine hand from thy poor brother. And then he says in, in 11th verse, For the poor shall never cease out of the land. Therefore I command thee, saying, Thou shalt open thy hand wide unto thy brother, to thy poor, and to thy needy in thy land. Um, you know, I had my, I had, I'll just try to keep it generic. I had a member of my family, <laughs> and I, I couldn't believe she said this, but um, this subject came up one time, and this person said, well, where are the poor anyway? I don't see any poor. And I just, I thought, I cannot believe that you're so far removed uh, I mean, having worked as a social worker, now I know there are different definitions of what constitutes poverty, okay? And I know that there's a lot of alley, and I know, I know what the welfare mothers do, and I know that sometimes they, you know, they eat better than we do off of food stamps and taken from the guy. I know all about all of that, believe me. I saw it firsthand, but there are people out there that are poor, okay, that are needy, that are destitute, that are in need. And uh, uh, now I'm going to go back to Kevin and then down to uh, Ed. But Kevin, uh, go ahead and uh, expand on this a little bit. Well, yeah, to, to, to start out with the first point, um, if I meet someone that's shifty or deceitful or is devious and has ulterior motives, um, if the Lord lets me see what he's up to or she, and I begin to speak to it, and they are able to understand that they're exposed, that's a good thing because they might then see that God sees them as well. You know, right. Because a lot, of, a lot of people that are like that really believe that they're pulling the wool over everybody's eyes. You know, yes. until they meet, yeah. until they meet, and they meet us. Uh, the other thing is when Walt was Walt was talking about the preachers, uh, talking about the scam artists in the congregation. I thought that if the preachers are preaching a false gospel, they're scamming the people. So, so that's a very good point. You know, they're scammers too. They're scamming each other. Right. And so much of that is true, and what what we see in the media churches today. Um. Oh, and the other thing is, when we step out of our comfort zone, and, and every once in a while we, we're called to go somewhere or, or you know, travel and uh, watch how the Lord undertakes for us and how we're just met unexpectedly with favor along the way. And it's really wonderful because I've experienced that. And I, I pray that that'll happen whenever I leave my apartment and I have to go somewhere or do something. And... Uh, that's it's good. amazing. I went with my roommate once to see his mother up in Vestalia, California. And uh, that's pretty far away from Long Beach. But uh, he wanted me to pl plot the, the program and get the schedule. And so I did. And I had it all right until we were coming back. And I made a mistake about the time the train was going to depart. <laughs> so we missed it. Huh. And, oh. then, and then he panicked. He said, oh, now what are we going to do? Now we have to rent a motel and stay another night. And I told him, I said, this is my problem. I said, we'll, we'll pay for another night if we have to. But little by little, we found out 
that we could get a ride to another train that was coming from Vancouver, coming right down the coast, and that we could get on that and come down to L.A. And um, it turned out that I had a wonderful conversation on that train with somebody about the true gospel versus the uh, free will gospel. And it was just one. And I met a couple, an older couple that had come from Dort, Netherlands. In fact, they lived there. They lived there. And I asked them, I said, have you ever heard about that synod of Dort in the 1600s? They said, oh, yeah, we've heard about it. So I had a chance to talk with them (laughs) about it and what it meant. Oh, it was so exciting. And it was all because I made a mistake on the schedule. (laughs) That's a good story. This is how God works. You know, it's just, it's fantastic. That's a a great story. Yeah, I just I just wanted to share that because it, that it, is it, a great story, Al. You yeah. know, it's uh, his providence is something we look back and we, like you said, we throw up our hands sometimes. And really, if right. we really believe that he is sovereign over all things, we know that he's sovereign over our mistakes. You know, <laughs> so, there you go, there you go. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, now Ed, I have a. This is apropos, especially I think. Uh, a question in Mark, the 12th chapter, well, Luke also has the same thing, talks about these Pharisees that devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. It says these shall receive a greater damnation. The parallel passages in Luke 20, 47 it says the show make long prayers, the same shall receive greater damnation. Uh, so two things, they devour devour widows' houses and for pretense make long prayers. Who would that be pointing to in today's culture, Ed? <laughs> oh, that would be, uh, I mean, the Roman Catholics have turned that into an art. Uh-huh. They, they they steal they steal estates uh, from uh, you know these um, ignorant widows. Yeah, they they have it down to an, our, our science. In fact, the Jesuits have instructions on how to do it. Mm, wow. I bet it's in confession. I bet it's in the confessional too. Sure, sure. They seduce yeah. the widows. They uh, they flatter right. themselves. They get uh, they get an in on the uh, yeah. They take advantage of them. Uh, it's all about grabbing wealth, wealth, and and uh, yeah, it's it's. I mean, the Roman Catholic Church is all about money. It's all about money. Mm. Uh, it's there's nothing spiritual in that uh, in that institution. Uh, you know, wealth is uh, uh, that's what uh, I mean. You, you can see, for instance, uh, in the inner city, uh, if the if the area gets poor, uh, the Roman Catholic Church will close down. There's no money there anymore, see, and they'll move on. They'll move on to where there's wow. more money. You go to a wealthy community, and you'll see the first thing they do is they build the uh, Roman Catholic Church. So uh, oh. it's um, they go where the money is. <laughs> it's just it, sure. that's their game. That that is their game, and they have it down to a science. Uh, so you know, it's. I, I, I can see that. In fact, one, that's one of the, the very first things I saw when I was saved and I was reading God's word. I saw in the Pharisees the Roman Catholic priesthood. <laughs> I did too, because I came out of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you, 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 
yeah, the, the hard thing that uh, that uh, and, and you've made uh, you know you the points that you brought out, Larry, is what do you do in a situation where you have a feeling that the person's taking advantage of your kindness. So we have an admonition by God, give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that, take, uh, that taketh away thy goods, ask him them not again. So you know or you have a strong suspicion that the person is taking advantage of you, yet you're under a command from God to give every man that asketh of thee. And that's a very hard thing for me to deal with. Uh, I, I don't. Right. I don't know if I have it quite right because it doesn't feel right. But I'll give you an example. Work. Uh, there would be the same people. Okay. Uh, and this is uh, when I was working in downtown uh, Washington D.C. I would walk along a two-block stretch to get to the office, and I would see the same people begging in the same spot. And virtually every day, I would stop and give them money. Now. The interesting thing is I would have conversations with these people. These people were perfectly capable of supporting themselves. One guy, I said, I, and I asked him flat out, I said, why don't you do something to help somebody else other than just sitting there and collecting money? Because, I mean, I would see him, that he, because he told me, he said, uh, he was explaining to me why, because I, I, I asked him, I said, well, I haven't seen you in the last couple of days. He said, oh, yeah, I was working somewhere. I said, oh, you have a job. Yeah, I was sitting over at such and such a place. He called begging working. <laughs> and so he thought that was working. And I said, well, wait a minute. Um, shouldn't you do something to benefit somebody else? And, I mean, that's not working. You should do something. If you can work. That he says, well, I'm having a conversation with you. I said, yeah, but you're doing me no good. Uh, you know, it's it, these people. I mean, they're, they're, they're twisted thought. He's perfectly capable of working. He has his job to beg on the street, and he would sit out there all day long as people walk by. And it's just, oh, I, I, some of the conversations I had with them, they. One, the one lady, she had, I think it was two cell phones. <laughs> I, said, well, I, I said, well, how do you have two cell phones and you're out here begging? Well, I just got this one the other day. Obama gave it to her. She had an Obama phone, okay? <laughs> and, then, and then she's feeding the bird. She's, she's got a thing of cookies here. She's begging, and she has a thing of cookies, and she's feeding the birds the cookies. I said, why are you feeding the birds your cookies? I thought you were hungry. No, these are these cookies are broken. I said, broken oh. cookies? You don't eat broken cookies? I mean, it's just, oh. I, you know, and so you get the idea that they're just taking advantage. I can tell you story after story. I mean, one woman, I, 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 she said, she's, I said, what do you need the money for? She said, I'm hungry. I said, now this was when I was in Detroit. I said, okay, come on, I'll go buy you breakfast. So we went to a diner, and I said, whatever you want. And uh, so she ordered off the menu, and, uh, and I, I paid for the meal, and I left. I went to work. So, you know, I said, just uh, serve her the meal. Here's the money. I, and I went to work. So later that day, I saw her begging on the street again. She was out there. And every time you'd walk by, she'd mumble under her breath, got a quarter, just like that, right? So, uh, so I walked by, and, and I said, so how was breakfast this morning? She said, oh, I took it back. I said, what do you mean you took uh. it back? 
I said, she said, I didn't like it. I, and I turned to her, I said, you weren't really hungry, were you? She said, no. I said, well, what do you do with the money then? She said, well, I play the lottery. I said, uh. so, so you're out here begging so you can play the lottery. She said, yes. I said, you're wasting your money. She said, no, you can make a lot of money doing that. I just, I mean, <laughs> this, is just this is the mindset. And so you, really yeah. frustrating. It is so frustrating. But you know, it's really, you know, uh, it, now this again, it is frustrating. And what I'm, and, and Ed, this is not a put down of Ed Henry. I'm just saying this is what I heard in those with those eight uh, old school Baptist ministers. The same thing. The frustration, and and you know, uh, and even in in First Corinthians thirteen three, it says, "And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned." You can you can do all of those things and still not have charity, according to this. He says, mm-hmm. "Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing." So we, like you were saying, Ed, you can a person can give to try to get a good feeling because they, it's like a, and it has nothing to do with their feelings. It has to do with the reality. I mean, and and you know. I have seen people. I, I was out the other day, and I saw a lady. Rosette was with me, and there was a lady. And it was cold. It was during the winter. It was like in February, and she was pregnant, and she had a little baby in a in a in a stroller covered up, and it was kind of misting, and she was begging for money, you know, and I mean. Wow, I mean that just nips at your heartstring when you see something like that, and you want to do something. You you don't want to see somebody out there doing that. But I, I'm like you, Ed. I don't I don't claim to have the answers to all of this. I mean, and you know, sometimes these people are so oblivious. You know, now I have had some people that that I've given money to that you know you 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 immediately think are they just saying what they know you want to hear in other words they say oh god bless you thank you so much for helping you know blah 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 uh and then I've had other people that have have bragged about the fact that they make a lot more money begging than they could ever make i mean there's people on youtube in new york that make over 70,000 a year on the street uh begging uh, they they have it down to an art, you know. Well, well let, me tell so, you, let, let me tell you another story that will give you the other side of the story. Um, there was yeah. once a woman. I, I got out of my car to walk in and into a giant. It's a giant. It's a it's a chain of food stores. And so uh, she walked up and she said, um, "You know, I'm hungry. You know, I I need food." I said, "Okay, come on, get a cart. We'll go shopping." So. So she's in there shopping, right? And I said, whatever you want, get. And so we're going along. And, and of course, I'm trying to it's, – it's, it was almost comical because, of course, she goes to the meat section, and she wants the steaks, the expensive steaks. And I'm going to, I'm going to where the corn is, you know, 12 years for, you know, for, for a couple bucks. Said, hey, this is yeah. great. Let's shop the corn, right? But you can see the sinful nature of me coming out. Hey, this is a great deal. And that's what that's the way I shop. I try to get the deal. Well, she wasn't so but anyway, so she got her food right, and I'm suspicious about the whole thing anyway. So, but I let her get, the, and I'm doing this by the way, not because I want to. 
I'm doing this out of obedience to Christ. So I take right. what God says and give to every man that I ask it. So I'm doing this to be obedient. And my flesh is telling me, I, you know, this is a scam. <laughs> okay. So, but I, I'm, I'm getting carried along thinking, ah, I've got no choice. I've got to be obedient. This is, you know. So I'm doing this. And then we get outside, and she wanted the receipt. I said, well, you don't need the receipt. <laughs> and she said, oh, to bring said, it back. You yeah. Don't, you don't, yeah, you don't need the receipt. So I kept the receipt, okay, Good, and I went smart. to my car. And I was immediately suspicious because she asked for the receipt. So I turned around to walk back to see if she, because I looked and she was gone. She was not anywhere to be seen. I went in the store. She was not in the store. I looked outside the store. I have no idea where she was. <laughs> I mean, it could she, she went to angel? sell the meat. She went to sell no. the steaks. No, she could she, I, I'm serious. She literally disappeared. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I took about huh? 10 steps, turned around. I saw her with the cart, and she was gone. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether I had, whether she was an angel or what. And <laughs> it could have been. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, we had an experience. You know what? I had an experience just all very similar to that remark, and I did. Uh Mark was having a really bad day, and I was distraught and everything. And uh, we we saw a hitchhiker along um, uh, 435, uh, not too far from Independence, uh, Truman Town. And I told Mark, man, that and the guy looked to be in his 70s. And I said, man, Mark, let's pick this guy up. He he needs a ride, you know. And so we, I pulled over, and this guy got in, and, and it was the strangest thing because. As soon as he got in the car, he his whole interest was on Mark. It was does Mark? He didn't say Mark, but he says, "Young man," he says, "It's going to be all right." And Mark says, "How do you know?" He says, "I know what you're going through. You're going through a struggle, and I just want." And I said, "Look, where are you going?" You know, he goes, "Oh, just take me up the road here a few miles." He said. I just wanted to encourage you all and stuff. And I said, man, you don't know us, you know. He goes, well, I don't have to know you to encourage you. But he said, uh, uh, don't worry about me. I'm fine. But he said, uh, this young man in the back seat needs some encouragement and some comfort and so on. And we went up about five to seven miles, and he said, you can let me out right here. I said, man, this is a minute. He goes, oh, I'll be fine. And uh, he turns around to Mark, and he says, now, you know, he says, I want you to just be encouraged. Will you just take what I've said, and will you take that as a word of encouragement to you? And Mark says, yes, I will. He said, that's all I need to hear. He gets out of the car, and I started off, and I look back, and he was gone. He was gone. Wow. You know. Yeah. And Mark was freaking out. Mark was freaking out. Mark said, where did that guy go? You know? Wait a, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Were there any bushes there? Maybe he wanted to get out of the car to go to the bathroom behind the bushes. Oh, Were there any bushes there, Mark? Yeah. No, Chris. No, no bushes, Chris. Wow. Okay, then. Wow. What but anyway, 
you, when you tell certain people that, they kind of get a scats because they go, oh, don't tell me you're into all this special revelation. All that. I go, I'm just telling you what happened, okay? That's well, all. The Bible okay. says entertaining uh, Anglos or entertaining messengers unawares, you know? Yeah. So yeah. God, God's, yeah. you know, it's the Bible says it, so I believe it. Yeah, I mean, it happens. It sounds like an inc- incidence of uh, the same there. That sounds very much like it could be. Yeah, I don't know, but it, I know it's something that's lived with us for a long time, and and uh, we had, you know, and I don't want to get off the subject here, but I, I think that you're, I think that you're right, you know, Ed, in that I was a deacon of a the Kansas City Primitive Baptist Church, and uh, it was my responsibility. If anybody approached the church, you know, we were, we were, we had a ministry of giving that kind of thing. And the one time I came out of church, and this fella approached me, and and he told me, "Is is there any way that you can get me some money for groceries?" And um, I said, well, I have to talk to the elders, but I said, uh, can you tell me a little bit about your situation? And he goes, well, I just, I can't work. And and he said, um, I have a, a disease. And he said, uh, uh, I, I've exhausted all of my health benefits. And he said, I don't have any way of, of feeding myself. And uh, I said, where are you staying? And he was staying in a real bad area of town in one of those real low-budget motels. And um, so I talked to the elder, and he said, yeah, let's go over and visit with the guy. And so we went over to his motel, and I'm telling you, it was really rank. And uh, we went in there, and I realized after everything, this guy had full-blown AIDS. I mean full-blown AIDS. He was close to death. And, uh, you know, we went and got groceries and brought them back. He seemed very grateful and stuff. And about two weeks later, he he, um, called me. He had my phone number. I don't know how he he got a phone, but he called me. He says, is there any way I can get any more groceries? He said, I used all those groceries up. We gave him about two weeks of groceries. And, uh, you know... I approached the elder again. He goes, we can't feed this guy for life, you know. He goes, you know, we gave him, we gave him, we we did our part, you know. And he goes, we're just a small body of people here. We can't, we can't get, we can't get him dependent upon us, you know. And and it kind of got me. I I look back on that and I thought, was that, you know? And so I've had I've had deal with this kind of thing, and I I don't I don't know. I uh, I mean you. How, you know, it's like Peter, yeah, it was Peter asked Christ, how many times do you forgive? Seventy times seven, okay, whatever that is. That's 490 times, that's it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they repent. Uh, he says, yeah, if it, they it, repent. It, yeah. It, it, it's hard. It's, it, 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 you know, especially if you think they're taking advantage. Um, yeah. And, but if, you know, but that's the flesh. I mean, how do you know? And you, I know. Could be, you could be entertaining an angel unawares. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, and I'm not kidding you, that, that, that woman was standing outside. She said, I'm going to wait for my ride. I walked about 10 steps. I turned around. She was gone. Right away, I'm suspicious. She was in the building taking the, the food back. 
and <laughs> she was not there. She was nowhere to be found. So wow. she couldn't have loaded the groceries in the time that I had taken the step. So, you know, who knows? You yeah, well, know, why did she want the receipt, though? I mean, it sounds like she wanted the money. That's the same person? I don't. Same lady? Same lady, yeah, yeah. That That's what made me suspicious. But, yeah. like, I don't know. Would an angel ask for that just to test me? I don't no. know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, there also seems to be a... Now, I know that you you can't look at things from an aspect of future deliverance by God. Okay, I'm going to pay mine now and I'll get mine later type of a thing, you know. Yeah. But like in the 41st Psalm, it says, uh, Blessed is he that considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. You know, that, that mm-hmm. that's, that's what it says. Uh, what, was the, what was the verse that you said earlier that they look upon us to, to, to help them? Where was that? It was in yeah, Psalm, let me go said? back. Yeah, let me go back and find it real quick because uh, I don't think it'll take me that. Um, uh, What's the verse say? Hold on a second. Give me a give me a chance to look back and um, uh, anyway, guys, go ahead and talk while I'm looking for this here. Yeah, no, uh, this is a this is a hard thing because I, I talk to other people. Uh, Christians who, you know, people take advantage. They do, and it's it's hard. Well, they're, they're professional but, pan- panderers, and they can make uh, upwards of a hundred thousand dollars. They've they've yeah. crafted the art of uh, of separating you from your money, and yeah. it's all a, a sympathetic uh, approach at the unsuspecting do-gooder. Mm-hmm. You know what though. I believe that if if our intent, you know, it's kind of like the opposite of if you think it, even if it isn't a sin, if you think it's a sin, then it's it's a sin. Well, sort of the opposite side of that. Well, it's unrelated, but it's kind of like 180 degrees from that is the idea that if you if you in your heart you're attempting to help someone, and even if they're professional panderers. God is God. Still, will give you, uh, you know. I don't mean credit. I mean, you know. But he, he'll appreciate the fact that you, that you tried to help someone in need or apparent need, no, whether they're right. fakers and, and or know, not. And, and you know what? As I look at these, the uh, uh, Luke, um, what is this? Luke uh, six. Verse thirty, it says, "Give to every man, every man that asks of thee." So, you know, uh, I think to be obedient, if somebody asks of thee, then we're supposed to give. I don't know any other way around it. So, uh, you know, uh, basically, you know, even though we don't feel that maybe the per- maybe we feel the person's taking advantage, so what? We're supposed to be taken advantage of. Because the very next phrase it says, "And of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again." So basically, Jesus is saying, um, you know, yeah, people are going to take advantage of you. I think we should still give. I'm, you know, I don't know. 
Yeah. I think yeah. I think it's prudent to be a little more discerning though because if you know if they're obviously if, you, if for example let's just say uh, they smell like whiskey or something and they you know and they say they're hungry and you know I wouldn't just hand them money because I think they would just go drink it. I, yeah, I, no, that's a, yeah. that's another good point that I wrestle with too. I come across those people and you think you know, am I just helping their drinking habit? Am I helping their drug habit? You are. Are they really, you are are they really in need of money or they want the next fix? You know, that's another good point, Chris, and I, I don't know the answer to that. I really, uh, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, I don't know. Well, they can make a lot of money just professionally pandering and uh, seeking out the sympathy of the public. And uh, I think the the way the economy's going, though, I think uh, it's going to be harder and harder for them, you know, to, to eke out any kind of living the way people are tightening up monetarily. Well, see, the, the, the problem is, I see it as I see it, the problem is the social welfare system uh, where the government is supporting uh, people not to work. So whatever the government pays for, you get more of. So yeah, they've caused it, really. So yeah, so and and, and the problem it also is it that causes people's heart to harden, and and I and I I have to resist that 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 feeling myself because you think well you know uh, they can they have social security they have welfare they have and they're probably receiving that in addition to this and they can sit around all day and it's it's like I have to resist that in order to be in being obedient to Christ, see. Because, you know, the, the, um, that social welfare system, that socialism, is evil. It's just plain evil. Oh, yeah. Well, it is. It is and having come out of it, I can tell you firsthand that um, those people that are habitually uh, on every imaginable program, they know all of They know the utility programs. They know the food programs. They know the... Uh, how to get extra gas money? They know how to. They use the system. I had a, a client. Uh, they called them clients, <laughs> and uh, I even remember her name to this day. I won't mention her name, but uh, uh, I I went over to see her one time, and and she was really using the system. This was when I was working for the state of Kansas, and and. Man, I went over to her house and I, I just listened to her for about ten minutes. Just, I mean, just t- talk about all the programs she was hooked into and this and that and how she knew the governor and on and on and on. And I, after she got all finished, I said, "You know what, Mrs. So and So? I said, if you you could be the CEO of Ford Motor Company, if you put the amount of energy into actual work." As the amount of energy you put into getting all this freebies, you could be the CEO of Ford Motor Company. Yeah, yeah, that's a good And she point. said, well, she goes, well, why would I want to do that when I can get it for free? <laughs> <laughs> Working the system. Yeah. That, you, that, you, well, that you're fully aware of, Larry, because you, cause you uh, worked in that capacity for yeah. how many years? I think I, you I, think I, I think I found that. That verse that that you were looking for, it's a Psalm ten fourteen. Ed, it says, "Okay, thou hast seen, thou hast seen it, for thou beholdest mischief and spite. Requite it with thy hand, 
the poor committeth himself unto thee. Thou art the helper of the fatherless. Mm. It's a really interesting verse. Um, yeah, yeah. The poor, the poor, poor committeth himself unto thee. Yeah. yeah. But no, I've, I've seen it, and I'm you guys. I I have struggled with this too, and and. I I got to the point where I I really almost became jaded. Uh, I became insensitive uh, to mm-hmm. these folks because I could see I could see how they were working the system, and I could see that a lot of them were eating a lot better than I was as a social worker. Oh, they sure. were they were eating steak. They were eating they, they I mean they were having filet mignon, and I was going home eating ground beef, you know. And, and they were eating lobster, lobster on the half shell, and all this stuff. And I think, wait a minute, there's something wrong with this picture, you know? Well, yeah, you know, I'll tell you, in the olden days, you could see what people on welfare were buying because they would pull out the food stamps. So yeah. you'd be in the you'd be in the shopping food line, and you can see the expensive stuff. And by the way, the expensive clothing that they wear, they were dressed to the nines. So um, you know, nowadays, however, they've removed that because now they give them credit cards. So yeah. I guess they're debit cards, and so you can't tell who they are anymore. You can't see yeah. it. it doesn't because they the the view was that the food stamps were uh, shameful, and they, people didn't want to be pulling out food food stamps. So uh, so they gave them now credit cards. So they removed the shame. Uh, but yeah, there. Do you know yeah, the right now? I don't know. I don't know about the United States wise, but in the state of Missouri, sixty-two percent of the population is on some form of welfare assistance. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And a system that, that a system like that will collapse. It cannot. It cannot support itself. Yeah. Um, and that's you know this is this is all going to come back to roost. Uh, you know, well, it, it'll you, end. It, it'll end when, uh, when 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 government runs out of other people's money. That's right. That's right. But then they'll just print more. But I think I have a feeling they're well, going to no, constrict. They're in that, that mode right now. All they're doing is printing money. And see, yes. the the way the economy is going, the so much of the money is overseas. Uh, it has not been repatriated, and so we have very low inflation. Artificially so, primarily because of the massive amounts of money that are remain overseas. You see, we don't feel the inflation, but if they repatriate that money, uh, you can bet that inflation is going to go through the roof. Oh yeah, and it is. It's on its way. They've really and doctored you know, the uh, the numbers. You know, uh, unemployment's more like twenty three percent. Not not. Mm-hmm. Not this low nine percent or eight, whatever they say. All their numbers are are, are doctored. We well, can't see, the trust thing them. is, there's a there's a method to this madness. There are very evil people that want this country destroyed, and that's why everything's made in China. Because in order to make something in China, you have to build a plant, you have to build a factory, you have to put in machinery, you have to have an assembly line. Okay. Well, guess what? That is one less factory here in the United States. And so if we were to have to fight an invader, we would no longer have the industrial capacity to make things like we did in World War II. 
in World War II, they went from making sewing machines to machine guns in the flip of a switch. So yeah. we had a tremendous industrial capacity. We no longer have that. We no right. longer have the industrial capacity we used to have. We're being set up right now for, for being taken over and conquered. It, it's just oh, yeah. a matter of time. I can see it. I can see the writing on the wall. You can't buy anything in the store without it being made in China. Well, and yeah. also also what we've already talked about, you've got all of these folks dependent on a system that's going to crash. Can you imagine the utter chaos that's going to happen in this country when people oh, don't yeah. get their boots? Oh, it's going to be, oh, yeah. it's going to be oh, riots people, in the street. When people go without food for a couple of days oh, and they're used yeah. to having it paid for without having to work for it, and they haven't, all they do is work hand-to-mouth, okay, uh, those people will riot. Yeah, and yeah. there will be. And you know there was uh, a, there was a, and Ed, you make you make you make another another point that I think we need to make. And and before this absolutely corrupt social welfare system, you know, for lack of a better word, evolved or progressed or whatever came into. Uh, there was a time when. Churches ha- took care of those situations. The churches, that's, you know, that's what the that's the purpose of a of of a charity to yes. take care of charitable cases. And by the yes. way, when 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 there is a direct link between the payor and the payee, you monitor and see that the person's being rehabilitated and see right. that they're going to be working their way off of. The charity, well, when you have a social welfare system, when a check is coming in a, in a debit account and by some faceless, nameless bureaucrat, it just perpetuates itself. Well, yeah, it reminds me of Planned Parenthood. I mean, Planned Parenthood was perpetuated by abortions, and the more abortions they have, the more funding they got. The more, yeah. and, and that's the whole the welfare system is, like you said – all the social workers, all the people with their master's social work programs and their PhDs, the only way they can keep their jobs is if they can perpetuate it. That's the problem with the medical system. You know, I go into, you know, that little hospital visit that I, which was stupid, I learned a very valuable lesson. I knew better to go to emergency room on the weekend, uh, you know, oh. you know. You know, I should have waited. I was in tremendous pain, and I was, and I, I really did not understand that I had shingles. Okay, but I just got the the hospital bill. You know, for a twenty minute visit to the emergency room was seven hundred dollars. Okay, now that's what the medical system perpetuates that kind of absolute thievery. Is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and and see. We look in Leviticus, it says, and when ye reap, and I'm reading in Leviticus 23, uh, 22. And when ye reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not make clean riddance of the corners of the field when thou reapest. Neither shalt thou gather any gleaning of thy harvest. Thou shalt leave them unto the poor and to the stranger. He says the same thing in Leviticus 19.10. And thou shalt not glean thy vineyard, neither shalt Shalt thou gather every grape of thy vineyard, thou shalt leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am your God. But there was a time in this country, like we were talking, that uh, 
you know, the churches would monitor and would take care of those in need. They were the welfare system, you want to use that term. But mm-hmm. now we have a system, there's no accountability to anyone on anything. Okay? Right. Right. It's just, it's just uh, I don't know, it's... Uh, it's amazing, but I do I do think that there's a reason that we're sent. You know, these people approach us. I, when I was working down in right downtown Kansas City, and I my office was on the third floor, and I would like Ed, I would go out and I'd walk down the street to get a sandwich or something, and I mean, <laughs> I mean. People would it's just like a toll booth on every corner. Oh, it's amazing how they just absolutely fall into stride with you, like they're your best friend, you know. Right. This one guy, every time I, I, I'd see him coming, I'd say, "Oh, here he comes." He, How, how's it going, man? Got a quarter? Got a quarter? <laughs> yeah. I said, I said, a quarter? Can't you do better than a quarter? I said, you, I said, man. He goes, man. People won't give more than a quarter. He goes, you got 50 cents? <laughs> you know, but, you know, uh, it is amazing. It is amazing how how they just, you know, it's it's like the story I told about about my uh, my sociology teacher. You know, he comes into the class the first day, and and first time we'd ever met him, he gives everybody a quarter, you know. The second day, he comes into the class and gives everybody a quarter. The third day he comes in the class and he doesn't give anybody any anything. Everybody can say, "Where's my quarter? Where's my quarter?" You know. Oh, <laughs> learned a valuable lesson there. Hmm. Well, anyway, it sounds, it, sounds, it sounds like you were aiding and abetting him by suggesting he could ask for more than a quarter. Oh, I, I was. Could. I was. I was. To, I was toying with him. You know, I wanted to just see what he would say. You know, and. Uh, but anyway, this has been very interesting, and I, I do think that there's a tendency for us to, uh, if we are in, you know, if God is probably, you know, I know God is probably pretty much all of us on this call, and he's given this life abundantly, and not only in, in monetarily, but spiritually, and so on, and and uh, uh, sometimes we become somewhat aloof, you know. From people that are really hurting, and I, I never want to. I never want to do that. In other words, I never want to be aloof or be, uh, you know, um, um, you know. I just like Christ. It wasn't it Christ that said that the, the widow gave more than all, and because she gave all she had, oh, you two know. Mites. Yeah, two mites. Yeah. yeah, Because she gave everything. They gave out of their abundance a lot, but yeah. she gave yeah. two mites. She gave more yeah. because that's all she had. So she gave everything. Yeah. Kevin, do you have any? We've been uh, on now for over an hour and a half. Um, Kevin, we've kind of we have kind of a tendency of dominating the conversation, Kevin. So I'm going to turn it over to you for a little bit. <laughs> well, well, no, I, I thought it was a good exchange we just had. And uh, Ed brought yeah. out the scripture where we are to give to whoever asks of us. And, yeah. I, and I can say for myself, I don't do that. Um, if I go to 7-Eleven, I, I don't give money to people who are standing outside waiting for people to come out to give them something. But as yeah. I'm walking home, if I pass somebody off to the side of the sidewalk and I see that they're lying in the grass and they're really hurting, 
then I drop a banana in their hand and, and, and that, the compassion comes out of me to help them because I believe that they're really deserving of it, whereas others sure, sure. are just, uh, and, and you'd be helping them. I, I really think that we uh, we would, and that's why I jokingly said that you aided and abetted the, the, the guy who asked you for right, a quarter. Right. But, you know, we're really assisting them in their crime uh, to, to know yeah. that they're scamming, to know they're lying, and then you just feed it into their hands. So it, it's a matter, like Chris said, it's discerning, discernment, and we have to pray. Uh, it's the Lord's money. We ask him to have us be wise stewards of it and and to not turn a cold shoulder towards somebody who's who's really hurting, who needs and is deserving of it. Uh, Lord knows there's plenty around us that, that are just playing us for all they can get. And uh yeah. And the Lord knows how the Lord knows how we feel about that. We we hate every evil thing, as David in the Psalms said. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's good. Well, I uh, I want to thank everybody for coming on tonight. I think it's been a a valuable uh, dialogue, and uh, I I think that the Holy Spirit can guide and direct us as we uh, as our society becomes more. Uh, debauched all the time and uh, will show us the direction that we should go and I think that uh, um, hold on a second Ed got cut off I think he's back with us now cut off now you're back with us okay yeah somehow somehow it dropped so I I don't know what happened that happened I was I was in a mind to open this can of worms, I'm reluctant, but I guess I will. These charlatan preachers that tell the people, you know, that you've, you know, you, these prosperity gospels, and they have airplanes, and I'm talking about the big boys that, you know, and they're, they're not heaven bound, you know, and uh, but boy, they sure are worldly, uh, rich serpents. And they have, you know, they, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish Andrew could uh, share a story, and I think he shared it with you too, Chris. Uh, Andrew works for a, um, a airline parts company in Wichita, and where he's on the hangar is where um, Copeland comes in and brings his jet, and. And and he said he said this has happened twice. He said when Copeland when Copeland flies into that hangar and comes into that area where he works, he has an entourage and they treat him like a royal king. And he said, You talk about pride. He said, This man is just full of himself. It's like he's just you know, do you know who I am and so on and he said it just every time he see has seen him. He said it just just something about it just makes me reek, you know. Yeah, me but too. That, I, that's what oh, I, stomach. I mean that that's what Ed you know uh, says in his book. And by the way, you know he's right on. Money is the love of money is the root of all evil. It's not the root of some evil. It's the root of all evil. You know. That's right. That's right. And um, anyway. I guess they think they're going to live forever, so they have streets named after them, their names, and they, they don't think they don't see themselves getting old and dying. We're all 
we're all going to die and corrupt, save Christ comes back first. Then it's a simultaneous rapture. The old way of the Protestant thinking is that, you know, uh, the rapture, the last day, uh, the end of the world, they're all they're all simul- pretty much simultaneous. You know, I've kind of left Walter sitting in a corner. I feel badly because Walter's on. And I, so I'm going to let Walter in our program tonight. Walter uh, really would be interested in your final thoughts, uh, maybe any kind of uh, instruction or that you would have for us on this subject. Um, so the floor is yours, brother. Can you hear me, Larry? I can hear you, Walt. <laughs> well, I, as I was listening to this conversation, I mean, this topic really, uh, I think every one of us that's been listening is you have to really, it's a soul search, you know, the, because this is something we relate with on every single day. And especially as a child of God, because God has given us eyes to see and ears to hear. And I didn't have the, these eyes and ears to hear even two years ago. And every day, I, 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 I'm, I'm more and more, you know, uh, you know and, and sometimes I get a little, and I'm so thankful that I have somebody to share with, you know. You know and, but this is a, because I, cause I, I, some of these, some of these uh, testimonies that were given tonight, I, I mean, I, you know, I encountered the same thing when I drove truck for 10 years, you know, I mean, I, I had some interesting stories of helping, you know, yeah. and, uh, but, but, you know, there's one thing, the one thing I, we, I, I want to end it for all of us is, is, is sometimes we look at what's going on with this, this world system, especially ch- children of God, because we got eyes to see and ears to hear, we can see the big picture and we and our eyes are stuck on on Christ and 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 uh but the one one of the things is for myself is is I'm just so thankful that I have what I have sure you know i yeah. i mean it could, because because there was a time you know i mean you know i mean i god has one thing God has given us, all of us, that when we when we share this and we look, because the Scripture has a lot to say about what we were talking about tonight. Right. So, right. You know, it has a, an awful lot to say. It, it uh, it's, uh, you know, it's it's a time it's a time to really appreciate what we have, and you know what we have versus what we don't have. You know. You know, because I, because, 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 listen, when I go to town, I mean, I, I live about 15 miles from a, from a Coos Bay in North Bend, or when I go by somebody that I think is homeless, I mean, it, you know, you know, or when I see somebody in a wheelchair, you know, uh, you know, I I say, praise God, they're still doing it. They're still doing it. Yeah. In other words, there, yeah. you know, I, and because, 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 in other words, I, I've been gifted all my life because, you know, I've got two hands and and ten fingers and ten toes and my eyes and ears and things. I mean, I, I, you know, you know, you, you, because you don't really understand what you have until you start realizing how, you know, you know, it's like when you touch the top of a stove. 
you see how how fragile you really are, how quickly you draw your hand back. Oh, you know, I have to share one little piece. Uh, you've kind of prompted this, Walt, with your conversation. You know, and I think everybody on this call knows the nature of my son's disability. He has a massive overproduction of dopamine in his brain, and and it's very difficult to control. It's like a reverse of um, when someone, you know, has... Um, um, uh, I, uh, I, um, when their when their brain is not producing enough dopamine, you have, um, you know, you you shake, and you and you you don't have control of your muscles and so on. But when you have an overproduction of dopamine, what happens? The receptor cells of the brain fill up and they start dumping. And when that when it, when they dump. It causes slight electrical discharge. It's not full-blown scissoring or anything like that. But what happens is it actually starts destroying little pieces, elements of the brain as far as the um, the cognitive functioning parts of the brain. And um, when this all started happening to Mark in, when he was 16, I, 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 was, I, I, mean, I, I would take him to the neurologist. They were clueless of what was actually going on. When they by the by the time they finally figured out that it was a massive overproduction of dopamine, there was already brain damage. But they were able to use inhibitor drugs to slow down the dopamine production. But I mean, it still has affected Mark the last ever since you know this happened when he was 16, and uh, very rare kind of a thing. But anyway, uh, this Sunday we were up in Joplin, and Mark was having a really bad day. And I could tell he was having real difficulty in in forming thoughts and being able to cognitively process information. And what happens when that happens, he's lived with this long enough that what he does is he tries to isolate himself from any, from everybody and overstimulation so he doesn't have to try to process things. In other words, he tries to neutralize it, which is, I think is admirable. But anyway, uh, I could tell he was struggling. We were in the first part of the service, and, and the second part of the service, Mark's not with us anymore. And I look over to Rosette, and I said, where's Mark? And she said, uh, he's not doing well. I said, well, where's he at? And she goes, he's back in the kitchen by himself in the corner. And I said, oh, well, he'll be okay. I said, he's just trying to isolate himself from from stimulus, okay? So I went back and uh, in the kitchen, and I said to Mark, you going to be all right? And he goes, it's not working today. It's not working. <laughs> it's not working. Okay. He recognizes that. Now, I just share that piece with you, but whether it's your brain or whether it's a physical anomaly or whether it's uh, whatever a person is dealing with, uh, I think the body of Christ should take it upon themselves to be cognizant of the needs 
of those around us. I think that's part of being a follower of Christ. I think that's what Christ did. When she touched the hem of his garment, he immediately turned around and said, who touched me? And they just gave him fits because he was just, he was, but yet he 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 knew that that had gone out of him and he knew who she was and he knew that God had given her the faith to believe that, that she would be healed. And so, but anyway, I, I appreciate that and I'm going to now just open it for anyone that has any final comments before we... Uh, we close this uh, call down. Does anyone have any final things to to say? Okay. Well, nope. I've really okay. Well, I've enjoyed thank everybody. Thank, thank you for having us. This was good. Yes, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah. may God God be with all of you tonight. Now I'm going to leave. I'm going to end the call. And if you guys want to continue to fellowship, you're welcome to do so. Okay. Good night. Good night. Good night. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.